right, we're welcoming Leah Damaris to talk to us from flourishing engagements regarding suicide loss and coping with that and giving us strategies as well, along with her expertise in this area of uh, recovering from grief and how to deal with that. So Leah, thank you for joining us. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? Um, So I have worked uh, at my private practice flourishing engagements since 2016. Um, I primarily uh, work with PTSD and trauma, ages zero to 100. And before then, I worked in the jail system also as a counselor and um, at-risk youth before that. Can you tell us your connection to the topic of suicide and suicide loss survivors? Yes. So I have worked with a, a lot of people that have suicidality, also loss survivors. I've worked with them with their coping. Uh, I also have several acquaintances or family members that have completed suicide and watched others around them kind of have to cope with that. What are some commonalities among those that you've worked with that have experienced loss? Just the grief that they feel like they could have done something to help and that they didn't see it. They didn't see it coming. They didn't know the signs. They saw something, but they thought they'd be okay. Um, And just the grief with working through that, that they think it could be their fault that they could have done something. And that's really hard to work through for some people. What is the advice that you hope to give people that have that have felt that way, that have felt like, I, I could have been that person, yeah. or the what-ifs? Yeah, and it is not your fault. The people that feel like that is their outlet to um, complete suicide, there's really, if they're at that stage, there's not anything that's going to stop them from doing it. It's nothing that you have done. It is a medical condition that those they're working through, and so... There's nothing that you could have done to better help it. When we have talked with people, there are many that I have talked to personally that didn't see any signs. Mm-hmm. Have you been able to work through that grief process with individuals that truly this was a complete shock to them in their lives? Yeah, many. There's been many that's just a cl- complete shock. They, you know, they just, they, they aren't aware. People just don't, it's not common knowledge what everyone thinks that, well, if someone's going to be completing suicide, you're going to see them crying all the time. You're going to see them uh, flying off the handle, just huge behaviors. And that's just not true. You you might not see any behaviors, hardly any changes. <laughs> what do you, uh, what do you believe is something that you wish people knew before they would choose suicide as, as the way out? That you are loved. It may not feel like it when you're in the moment, but you are loved. Uh, you will be missed if you're not here and you can make an impact in your life and this too shall pass, you know, um, you will be happy again. Is there something that you encourage people to do when they're in that mindset, uh, be it uh, going to volunteer or connecting with loved ones? Mm-hmm. Is there something that you are encouraging people that perhaps our listeners might be able to do for those that they love? Um, so someone that's in that mindset, we just I just sit down and we develop a certain list of coping skills. What works for you? What um, tends to make the symptoms go away? And a lot of that, yes, is surrounding yourself with loved ones so that they can also make sure that you're safe and you're okay. Sometimes it is volunteering. Sometimes it's immersing yourself in work or art or a hobby that you enjoy. Just something to get yourself, your mind off of those those thoughts. Mm-hmm. The one commonality that we've heard in the people we've talked to so far is that there is an initial 
support that individuals feel, but often uh, that initial support will start to wane Mm -hmm. and they'll be left on their own to uh, be able to work through their grief. When that point comes, when the the support of their natural families Mm -hmm. and and those that are closest to them start going away and people go to regular life, Mm -hmm. what's your first advice to them at that point? I would say um, if you are not feeling the support that you you need and you're still feeling intense grief, you should probably seek out a therapist and they can work you through um, finding coping skills, um, just talk therapy to get it all out and work through your life and help you to get better. And just to reach out to people um, in your life. If you're feeling like people are not supporting you as much as they were, then seek them out and ask them, let's go to coffee. Let's do this. Let's do that. And you can make that support happen for yourself too. Often we hear the word stigma, mm-hmm. and I appreciate your shirt that says Stigma Fighter <laughs> yep. here today. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your your concerns around stigma and how you really want to be in the forefront of breaking yes. down stigma? So stigma is a big thing for me. So many people believe that individuals that struggle with mental illness are the villain that's in the scary movie. They think that they are in a psych ward and they get um, they run out and... they're killing people. And that's just not the truth. Everybody can develop a mental illness. Anyone around you, um, people with mental illness are your neighbors, your teachers, your doctors. You can be a professional in a professional employment setting and have a mental illness and you can be successful and have a mental illness. You're not someone that's living off of the government or uh, just someone that's staying at home or in a, a shelter of some sort. It's everybody. Everybody can have a mental illness. When we hear people that will tell suicide survivors, uh, oh, your loved one, uh, they just took the easy way out. Or, mm-hmm. oh, you, your loved one, they, they just weren't strong enough. What, what would you say? What would you encourage them? How would you want them to respond to those individuals? Just say, you know, they, they were sick, just like having a heart attack. If someone had a heart condition and they had a heart attack and died, would you blame them for eating the last cheeseburger that they had? It's the same thing with mental illness. It is an illness. They did not take the easy way out. They were in so much pain that they felt that that was the way out. And if you think about it, if someone is in so much pain that they think that killing themselves is the way out, think of how much pain that that person is actually in. What would you consider the best ways for individuals to cope with holidays and anniversaries? I would make sure that I am just surrounded by loved ones. And I mean, if you need to talk about it, talk about it with someone close, close to you. Um, Just make sure you're just surrounded and encouraged during that time. We have talked with a few individuals uh, that the families of the individual who died by suicide Mm -hmm. are choosing to not share that reason for the death. Mm -hmm. First of all, what is the concern with individuals not recognizing that that was the cause of death? Mm -hmm. And second, for individuals who truly want to start the grieving process, what would you recommend for them to talk with that family about? Well, some people might not be choosing to say that that person completed suicide because they don't want to face the stigma. They don't want people to look at them differently because they have a family member or a loved one that struggled with mental illness. Other people may decide to hide that because 
yeah, they might not believe, oh, did they really um, do this? It was an accident. It wasn't an intent. I, I really encourage those people just to talk a little bit more about, um, to their loved ones about it. And, you know, you really need to get it out. They're kind of denying that and be, until you uh, get it out, you're not going to fully get your grief out. Is there a concern that when the the true reason for death does come out, the, the grieving just immediately starts all over again for individuals? Yeah, it could. I would say that if they are not um, acknowledging it, once they do, it, I think it would come like a waterfall. Um, just the grieving, it would just pour out of them because they will be grieving for another reason. And so just one more grief process to add. So you had mentioned that you work with all ages. Mm-hmm. Um, going around this same topic, there are individuals who have young children mm-hmm. that are now part of the, the quarter million people that have become lost survivors. Yep. What is the best way for us adults to to talk with children? Is there a, a, a way per age group that's mm-hmm. best to talk with these children so as to not not be denying the truth, but mm-hmm. still being aware of their their cognitive abilities to understand. Yeah, it's. I think it is important to tell the kids the truth. And yeah, in every age, it's a different way to tell a kiddo. Obviously, I'm not going to tell my four year old the details of it, all that. But I think it's just important. It's just important to be honest so that they know, so that later in life they don't find out, and then they have to then go through a different grief process as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also an awareness that suicidality may have a um, may have a familial tie. How would you encourage family members to have an open conversation yeah. about what that would look like? Yeah, I would just say, you know, we know that, you know, Aunt Mary did this, um, and we want to really make sure that uh, we don't go down the same path because now we could be in the grieving process and develop a depression or anxiety ourselves so we need to be more cautious about those types of things and let's talk about the signs and symptoms and if we're feeling this way can you please talk to me about it if we're feeling that way please talk to me about that so just being open and honest and be willing to talk with someone and sit with them if they're having these types of feelings that's good Mm -hmm. what about those individuals that would say no i don't i don't need help i I don't need to talk to those people those therapists or counselors i'm fine i can do it on my own Yeah, those are tough. Um, It's really hard when you have a family member that you can see is struggling and they just do not want to go and seek help. Um, It's so hard to to get them to go, but it's just very important to continue to encourage them to to go and find help and then just be there with them. If you see that they could be struggling, they might not admit it, but say, hey, let's go uh, shoot some baskets. Let's go do this go on a walk, um, just be there for them and make sure that they're safe. And maybe while you're hanging out, you can encourage them to maybe go talk to someone. That's good. You had mentioned PTSD as an area of focus for you and trauma as well. Are are there any increases within PTSD uh, for suicidality? Yeah, I believe so. I don't know what the statistics are, but trauma and PTSD both um, have a very high uh, rate of suicide. In particular, like women are uh, also have a higher rate of suicidal thoughts and suicidal attempts, uh, but men have a higher rate of completing, and that's just because when women um, have a- attempts, they go the route of possibly like 
cutting or, or hanging, and sometimes it just doesn't work, where men are more violent and they are more prone to using guns. So that, there's that, but then with, yeah, with PTSD and trauma, there is, yeah, there's a much higher rate, especially when they don't uh, get assistance, because trauma and PTSD can just really dig into you um, a lot and just, you just, it goes quickly and you just don't realize it. If we could go back for a moment to, I want to talk about parasuicide. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that's one of the harder ones for individuals to not to not feel comfortable with the idea that they couldn't have done something. Mm-hmm. So, uh, thinking parasuicide, individuals that are making an attempt with a very hopeful feeling that they're they're going to be found before mm-hmm. the death is complete. If there is a situation where a listener has experienced that, where they had an individual that unfortunately died by suicide, but they it came. To light that they truly were hoping that someone would find them. Mm-hmm. How can an individual avoid that feeling of, of grief and mm-hmm. of, I, I truly could have done something? Yeah. Again, like, it's just, you you couldn't, obviously, because yet yeah, maybe they wanted to be found, but how would you know that without them coming and telling you and um, really screaming at the top of their lungs what's happening inside of them? Um mm-hmm. As, as caregivers and loved ones, we don't know what's going on inside unless you tell us. And unfortunately, we can't predict what's going to happen. Even if we do see signs and symptoms, we can't predict that they will actually feel suicidal. So, What are some other hopeful words of advice that you would give to suicide loss survivors? That there's so much pain and grief with that. Um, but just know that there's always hope. And there's always support and people there. You may feel a lull in the support, but if you ask, people will help and they're there. And don't go down the same path and feeling like there's no hope and it's hopeless and you need to go also um, complete suicide. It's just reach out to others and um, seek that comfort. How, uh, how could people reach out to you if they wanted to stay connected to you? Mm-hmm. Well, I have a Facebook page, and it's uh, Leah Damaris Psych is the link for Facebook, and on Twitter, it's Leah Damaris 21, and on Instagram, it is Flourishing Engagements. You can also give me a call um, if you need to hook up for an appointment, and my number is 641-521-2778. Very good, and I can uh, speak from firsthand experience that Leah is very responsive, and very open to having any conversations just definitely. to be able to be someone that, that will listen. Yep. Uh, so I definitely appreciate that. Yep. With the social media stuff, just yeah, shoot me a message and I will be sure to respond, like you said. Leah, any, anything else to add? Yeah, uh, there is uh, the Mill Health and Workplace. It's on October 23rd and it is at Wells Fargo. You'll find a link on my Facebook page if you want to uh, see that, and I will be there talking about PTSD. Okay, very Mm -hmm. good. And you also mentioned, oh, bullying as well. I'm talking about bullying at a school uh, at Pella Christian uh, coming up. Okay, very good. All right. Well, Leah, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks.